welcome back to season two of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo, recorded live from SB Studios. Well, good morning and welcome to our show, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. And it's good to have you back. Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm happy to be back. I know because you, you weren't on our last episode. I know, I missed it. I, <laughs> I have, I need to make that a new goal for this season. Which is what? To not miss our show. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like, I miss the really good ones. And not I listen to them like, oh my gosh, I would have totally said something right here yeah. and I missed the boat. But that's all right. But see, we want no. those. But no, no, in, in some sense, you understand that what we're doing, someone's listening to in, in a way that we're trying to get at. Right? I Yes. I've had this week, just um, the last four or five days, a couple people comment on our social media and like thanking me or thanking us that we're back on the show and they've missed us. And, and there was a little hiccup on, on our website, uh, but it's back up and running. Right. You uh, can we, go to- we fixed that yesterday and Amy uh, is going to start doing her reels, right? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, she has a little bit more legs than Mo does. <laughs> it's because I'm prettier than you. Oh, uh, uh, maybe. Maybe because you it's got- the hair, actually. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. We missed you. We're glad to have you back. And uh, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we do have uh, a couple speakers coming up. I don't want to kind of say who they are. But I always want to say who they are. Uh, we got them coming up. Um, but before we do that, I know a lot of people don't know much about us. So uh, if you are new to us, I know that sometimes we just jump in straight into what we want to talk about. Because we're so excited. I know. But Amy, just like, what, what do you do? What do I, like, like, what do I not yeah, do? Yeah, tell, <laughs> give the audience a little bit like synopsis of, of who you are as a person. What do you do? Um, just a little quick. Okay. So hi, I'm Amy. I am a registered nurse. I have a specialty field of labor and delivery. And now I have a new specialty that I've been working in five for five years. And that's in psychiatric medicine. And if you don't know Amy, if you meet Amy, when you meet Amy, she is just, she comes at you very strong. <laughs> but I don't think she means it that way. But like... I'm not intimidating. I'm not saying intimidating, but, you know, when when... When they, they, they see you, they got the, the hair, they got the nails, they got the eyelashes. That's self-care. And yes. but, but behind that, there is more to to it, right? It's just cause a lot of people see the initial, like, appearance and like, ah, oh, this, this nurse probably doesn't know anything, right? There's all these assumptions of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think we accidentally judge people superficially. It takes five seconds. For your brain to scan anybody and make an assumption of who they remind you of and whether or not you like them like that quick without even really knowing. Really? Yeah. And it sucks because sometimes we do that without even knowing. And if you remind me of, I don't know, my my sister or, you know, my stepsister or something, I will immediately not like you. Oh, you don't like your sister? No, no, no. I didn't say that. I love my sister. No, I love my sister. Okay. But. The idea is that as humans, we have to be able to realize that just because you remind me of somebody, it doesn't make you that person. That's a very interesting fact. 
because like one of our colleagues and and, and you guys had the same oh resp- boy, they, you go. guys had the same response well, without saying names oh you gotta shut that down no 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 without <laughs> saying names right I remember both of you guys were like, oh, I don't like her. And yeah, I don't like him. I didn't say I didn't like the person. No, but, okay, but, but, but how you guys came about, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are two important people in my life. And they don't realize. We did it for you, Mo. That, um. Anything for you, Mo. No, no, no. But the (laughs) the idea is that, like, you guys got to work, like, two weeks ago together. Mm -hmm. And you guys got to see more than their appearance they got you guys got to see how you guys work with each other and what you guys are all about and i remember him kind of be like bro she's legit she's i was <laughs> like oh my goodness I, I know she's legit and i texted you i was like hey uh do you like him now and you're like yeah yeah <laughs> well i think what i said was i think he likes me more than he likes you so that's a win ah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so yes, I am a nurse uh, working on my mental health nurse practicing license. I thought I would never work in this field, and I just have a huge passion for helping people. Uh, it's almost like I save lives in a completely different manner, and it's kind of, it's kind of like one of my purposes now. Is it? I feel like it is. Okay. All right, all, all right, right. Mo, how about you? Who are you? Uh, we never talk about you. No, we don't. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I was uh, interviewed um, by a different podcaster, uh, Raw Thoughts. And the cool thing about her podcast is it's video as well. And uh, she was trying to get to to a lot of the Raw Mo, but I found a good way. Oh, God, way. I missed it. But I found a way to divert that stuff. Um, so if you guys uh, have not seen that, you guys can just look it up, Raw Thoughts, uh, on YouTube. And, and look at that episode. I believe it's episode 26 um, or somewhere around there. Um, but I don't talk too much about myself. I find very creative ways to avoid that. And that is what makes me special as a therapist is that I confuse you so much to then it almost internalizes to, for you to not know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, and, like we're doing right now. Yeah, Mo, see? who are you? Just spit it out. Uh, I am... Uh, a therapist and when people ask me how many years have you been a therapist i love saying sweat equity yeah because what makes what makes me a good therapist is is the fact that i've been a pretty bad human at times like naughty like whatever you want to call it i've struggled and i've used all those moments as fuel to help somebody else i never shied away from it if i mess up if i fail i fail forward and I continue to work from it. Uh, I recently started school. I want to be a nurse practitioner. I'm about two, three years behind Amy. I'll catch yes. up though. I'll catch up. Yeah, um, and then the whole idea is just to be able to to just be my own boss. Uh, so I can spend more time with my kids and just have that freedom. So that's Mo. That's Mo. Uh, I work a lot. We both work a lot. We do. Um, but it doesn't stop us from from. From every day showing up and everything we do, we we always go 110. percent Yeah, we're we are producers. Um, so I want to talk today about an exercise that I did in one of my groups. And in this group, I asked, and if you're if you're listening to us, I asked the group members to think of a number, of an age number that they think they were going to die. Like, what age do you think you're going to die? 
That sounds like a painful subject. It, it, but but the idea, you got to hang, hang in there. Hang in okay. there, right? So if I ask you, think of what age you're going to die. What, what number will you give me, Amy? Well, I'm going to live forever, so I don't really have a number. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just answer the question. Well, I mean, I'd like to make it to 100. That seems like a pretty dope number. Okay, but the average lifespan of American female is about 74. So let's say 74. Why, do you, why didn't you just pick my number? Mm. I was hoping that you actually answered the question. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I honestly want to live to 100. Right. I want to eat a piece but of cake. But historically, probably not happening. No. But the idea is I had this group, and a lot of them, I had them write it down. And, and I would envision, I would help envision them, what is it that you wanted to accomplish in between now and 74? A lot of them struggled, kind of like you. Like they just, they couldn't come up with a number. They couldn't really see what, what they wanted to do. But the whole idea of this experiment is for you to realize that every moment counts and that you can't buy time. Right. And that one day things are going well and you think for, f for five minutes things are going well. And the next day, Man, you get hit and you get hit hard. So they struggled for like 20 minutes and they couldn't. They couldn't picture the idea of, of them dying. I always tell people dying is not the problem. Because the moment you come into this earth is the moment you actually start dying. The irony of that. Mm -hmm. Right? For some reason, people say, oh, did he pass away? And I'm like, to where? No, he died. For some reason, there is this bad, I don't know, like media has made it almost seem like like death is, is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, it's a very uncomfortable subject for people. Like I always tell people, like, I'm not really afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't it does instill a little bit of fear in me. And I'm not really sure I know why. And. Death is never the issue. So when, when we talk about grief and loss, it always comes in my groups. Let's talk about grief and loss. And I'm like, we can't talk about grief and loss unless you understand what death is. Right? And they're like, well, what is death? And a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's the end of what? Um, most people struggle with grief and loss. It's because they make the story subjective. Let's say... Um, Let's say my, 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 my mother dies or my father dies and they've been trying to get a hold of me for the last six months and I've been ignoring them. And I've been ignoring them hypothetically because they've been very mean and rude and they're not very healthy. If they die, should it say anything about me? No. The answer is no. But nine out of ten, what happens is you make it subjective and now you have this belief that I'm a bad son. And that's the struggle with grief and loss, that it doesn't, it's not supposed to say anything about you. It's supposed to just be disappointing and sad. But when I inject myself into the story as though I had something to do with it, that's, that's the problem. You can't start grief and loss until you take yourself out of that equation and saying, well, why, why would that make me a bad son? Mm-hmm. When they were not good to me, I was protecting myself. So 
it should just be disappointing. It's a, it's really interesting that you bring up that subject. Um, I was actually sitting with someone this week. I can't remember who it was. And they said, they were asked, how often do you see your parents? And the answer was, oh, once or twice a year, sometimes three times if they plan like a holiday. And if you say the average lifespan is 74 years old for a woman and your age is 50, counting how many times that you're going to see your parents from 50 to 74, twice a year, that's what, uh, 24 years, you times that by two. So you're going to see your parents 48 times. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to take that back. Yeah, your parents are going to do it. Yeah, we get it. It's like you about 100, 100 and something. So, so if your parents, like if, I think I got this all wrong, but basically like it, at a, in, a, in a time period of the expected lifetime, you're only going to see your parents 12, 14 times before they don't exist anymore. Right. Do you know what I'm... I and, and, and the whole idea of like going back to this, this experiment that I was doing is it, it does start creating this new part of your brain. It activates different parts of your brain to make you realize that like time is not going to stop. And what you think it's a big problem today, in two years you'll look back at it and you're going to be like, it didn't even happen. It wasn't that bad. And if it was that bad, I guarantee you, you're going to be thankful for that one problem more than any good thing that happened to you. Because we learn through those hard experiences. I was telling Jordan the other day, I was like, man, last Friday was the first Friday that I had nothing to do. Nothing. How is that a thing? Because I always got the kids or I'm playing golf or I'm I know I'm that's recording. what I'm saying. Like, how do you never have anything and, to do? And, and it was this sensation. It was almost uncomfortable at first because I was able to just be at peace, but a, a weird peace because if I let my subconscious creep up, I would get very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I had to be so present to realize that what I was experiencing was an amazing thing. And then just this week, man, this week hit me hard. There's a lot of things that happened this week. And I was telling Jordan, man, we need to spend more time in the good times than spending more time in the bad times. But we're wired to just, man, when bad things happen, our, our brains just start going everywhere and the what ifs. And then we create more problems because of our brain. But when we are in a good moment in our life, it's uncomfortable. We don't even realize it's a good time. So to me, it was this aha moment, which came back and say, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get people to, to realize that, man, I, I'm, I'm turning, I'm turning 35. According to the statistics, like, I mean, I'm almost halfway. Mm-hmm. And I see my children. She started first grade in kindergarten and man, where, 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 where is that time going? So thinking about what you want to accomplish the next 30 years, 20 years for some, you know, more. Put that in perspective. Yeah, well, I think about 
if the average life expectancy is 74 years, I mean, I'm 41 this year and I've accomplished a lot and I still feel like I have way more life in front of me and I, I have new things, that, new adventures that I've kind of embarked on, but oh my goodness, it feels like it's just going to fly by. It is. One of the, one of my main goals and dreams, right? Because they're a little different things, but I've been trying to switch it up because the last few years, I want to say that I've I've tried harder to be the best worker in my job. I try to be the best, and honestly, I can say I'm the best at what I do, regardless of whatever. What I I am the best. But if I'm not doing that in my own personal life, it counts for nothing. I want to be the best at being a father, a partner, an uncle. I need to put that. That is where I need to be best. Well, like you were, we were talking about before we got this started with standards. Yeah. Like you have to have a standard and it has to be visible you have to be able to reflect on it. So talking about all this, you know, we're only going to live so long. Like take that into serious consideration. Like I take my life very serious and I have done a lot of work to be able to perform at a hundred percent in all areas of my life. Yes. I've been known to spread myself too thin, but I'm all, you know, I'm always good for my word. So if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Right. Uh, and it's because I have that standard for myself. And so doing those experiments with people, it gives them like that realization that, oh my goodness, I got to actually do something. I can't just show up and let, uh, you know, just showing up is is basically the prize or the trophy. Right. And other people are going to carry me to this vision that I have in my head. But they don't really... Like, I'm not sure if everyone holds them, holds themselves to a standard. And, and that's kind of a frustration in the field that I work in right now is yes, we can come here, we can diagnose, like you have depression, you have anxiety or, um, bipolar. So we label all these things and they show up and then they just look at you with like a deer with a headlight in the you know? Yeah. And they're like, okay, so now what? Well, now what? Yeah. What, so what, what are you going to do about it? And a lot of people, you know, they're, they're in a spot where they, they really don't know what to do. So they do want help, but we give them a lot of resources and offer a lot of therapy and tools. And it's almost like they want others to, pull them up out, do the work for them so they can exist. Yeah. So that's, that's really frustrating. And I think people need to start having actual standards. And, and, and standards, I, I believe, should be across. I have always set big standards for, for work. Like, man, mm-hmm. I, I'm always going to be that. And if my standards don't align with being a father and who I am at home, then it's not me. And, and I've come to that hard conclusion that I have to be able to produce more at home than I produce at work. 
Well, I think there's like a balance. Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like there is that standard that in, in me personally in my life, the standard has always been produce, produce, produce outside. And kind of like subconsciously, whatever you have left, you give at home. And I'm not saying this is for everybody. But at least for myself, I was able to, when I did this experiment, right, when I heard this, I'm like, man, I, I want to be who I am at work, at home. Like, I, that's just, that was my standard. That's got to be my new standard. That if I'm going to be able to be the best at work, I got to be able to give even more at home. Because that's, that's what I produce. That's where it starts. Well, and that's, that's your standard. And people like that the, the standards can shift right so you know you want to excel you want to grow in one part so it's going to have to take from somewhere else because you can't you can't you can't give your energy to two different places well you i mean you can you can you can switch it up and you can decide oh i'm going to work harder in this area but like it's it's just one pie you can't it's all one pie you can't have any more it's just it comes one size yeah. And that's a great analogy. If you think of of the next 30 years as a pie. Yeah. Like how much are you going to give there and how much you can give there before that pie? Yeah. Your slices don't have to be even. Mm -hmm. You can cut them however you design them to, but you have to, you have to actually like, like have a, a visual of what your standards are. And so it's like, you know, you have all these things like, you know, I, I talk to people all the time like, oh, gosh, I really want to be able to buy a house this year. I want to get my GED or my driver's license. And they they fill their head with all these goals and dreams and stuff, but then they never write them down. And they don't have like steps of what they're actually going to do to get get right. there. They they basically flip it back on you and put the ball in your court saying, OK, so just write it down for me. And then I'll do it. And that's just not how right. you can produce. Right. It's, it's, if it's, you it's, don't come up with the steps, the action that, that needs to be done, then it's really not your plan. It's not your goal anymore. You've handed that over to someone. And I, I'm guilty. Like, I'm like, okay, so great. Um, let's, we can do this. And I would do that. And, you know, the things I would do to get to where I wanted to be handed over and then check in with them two weeks later. I'm like, I say, what, how, what'd you check off on the list? Oh yeah. Um, no. Nope. Yeah. No. Well, that's because I took it upon myself to, to think I know what's best for everyone. And, and you can't, that's, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's a saying, uh, dreams without goals remain dreams. Right. And a lot of people have great, great aspirations and all these dreams, but it's dreams it comes with 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 goals and it comes with steps because you have to take one step at a time but people just want well, to jump that's like a that's like a common cliche right you know one foot in front of the other one yeah. step at a time but one people, day at a time but people think that little progress is not worth it and i'm like look i don't know if you've ever been to the gym <laughs> but honestly when i look back on my life i remember when i was like so fit right I, I i would look at pictures and in the moment i wouldn't see myself for for what i would see right now right like i was like dang that was me did i look that good but did you think that in the moment no, and that's exactly right. what i'm saying like mm -hmm. in the moment i was like man like this like 
I, I, I would see myself in the way that I kind of see myself right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that has to, to change. And, and that's why a lot of, you know, getting bulk in, in the six pack, I think I've been able to get away. I don't think you've ever had a six pack. No, oh, I'll show you pictures <laughs> then. And, but the it's reality is even when I had him, I wasn't impressed by it. Right. And now if you ask me, get to that point in life. It would take me months, maybe a year. But you could do it. But I could it's do like, it, yeah. It's like when you're you're reflecting back on high school pictures. Okay, so I'm aging myself again. I do this frequently. You look back at high school pictures and you're like, I used to think I was fat then. Yeah. I, like, I wish I could be that fat again. Right. Yeah, so it's like when you're, you're in that moment, you don't give yourself enough credit. Mm-hmm. Because the... The, the dream, the goal is like way, you know, on top of the skyscraper and you're like walking up the stairs and you're only halfway there and you just quit because it's like so far fetched that you just end up giving up and then you tumble back down all right. the way back down. And I feel like people, it's, it's a standards thing. Like do what you're say, do what you say you're going to do. Like life is hard. But we, like the, our, the possibilities are endless for us. We limit ourselves to our future, anything that we want out of life. We are, we are our biggest enemies and like saying bad things about ourselves is way easier than pumping ourselves up. Like we, it's almost like we depend on others to, you know, feed our ego. And I think that's great, but people need to have standards and they need to give themselves credit because you'll just fall down those stairs every time and and sometimes like you skip a step when you're you know you're excelling and you got a good group and and sometimes you got to take a step back that you know to to reevaluate like hey am, am I, you know is this attainable where do I want to be you know stuff like that like shifting that balance that pie you right know, slices and I think naturally life will do that for you because life is hard and it's unpredictable and I remember, I did and people say, I, die every day unexpectedly. Yeah. So seventy four is just a number, like that's just the average. That doesn't mean you get to be seventy four, and then right. the next day you, you know, that's the average. Stop breathing. Absolutely, yeah. I'm in. Uh, I'm taking anatomy and physiology, so I'm learning all about the blood, right? And um, it's it's really, it, it's everything's starting to connect. Um, I don't know if I shared this before, but my my daughter had to have a couple open heart surgeries. Oh yeah, and when they would talk about you know red blood and blue blood and how something's supposed to go again like against the, the lungs and ones towards the heart whatever it was right i like it, that you say that blue blood red blood yeah. like arterial venous like <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay right? and i'm learning I got how, you. you know i'm learning what like scarlet and uh, i know there's another word for it. i can't remember um i don't know what the other word is for for the colors of of the blood but realizing my, my where I was at when I was like when she was going through all this the open heart surgery and now it is it's actually pretty cool and and beautiful to to see that in the moment when this was happening to my daughter I would never had pictured that if someone would have said to me hey Mo in seven years or six years you're going to learn everything about what your daughter's going through. So you were really naive to what was happening, which yeah. might have been in your benefit because the more you know, sometimes 
Oh, it's awful. It it, it like um, elicits that anxiety because you're like, oh my God, I know what they're doing. Like sometimes I think it's a curse to work in healthcare because I'm like people, you know, my friends, family will talk to me about issues and I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Don't ask me any questions because I don't want to answer these questions. You know, because it's painful. I remember about six, seven months after her her first surgery in San Diego, we got this huge packet. Like it was just this thick packet. And I'm like, I wonder what this is. And it was all the records. Oh my gosh. And I don't know. Like I was, like you said, I was pretty naive. I was, I'm like, all right, I wonder what this is. And they have to make a report of the surgery, of what happened in Mm -hmm. surgery. And as I'm reading through this surgery. And now you understand it. I was like, wow, like my daughter went through bypass. And and, and and at the moment, I'm like, that sounds like she was dead without saying she was dead. Like she struggled. Mm-hmm. So to, to look back and, and realize everything that my daughter has gone through, man, she has gone through so much more than I have. And I'm almost 35. She's. A miracle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way she embarks, and this is, I guess, um, a big thing that I want to get across now that we're talking about it, um, that we as parents made sure that Charlotte was always excited about hospitals. Oh, yeah. Remember, she, like, loved being there. Yes. Like, she made it to where, oh, that's my hospital right there. Yeah, she wasn't afraid. So sometimes not knowing all of the elements and the 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 wording it's to your benefit because it 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 doesn't make you afraid right but then when you grow and you learn and you educate yourself now you could make more a better conscious decision when she grows up for all the challenges she'll face yeah. and that's got to be a satisfying feeling it is and, and the crazy thing is she she loves medicine. Both of our kids love medicine. Like you give him, they think it's candy. It just and we would go, you know, take a shot. And then if the body does not see fear, mm-hmm. it recovers a lot faster. Right. And when we went this last time to Palo Alto, um, she was in and out of open heart surgery in less than like forty eight hours or seventy two hours. Like it was ridiculous how she went in there and they told her these are the things that you have to do. You got to poop, you got to eat and you got to walk. <laughs> and the moment she got up, she's like, I'm going to go poop. Give me some food and let me walk. That was the first time that I've seen her say, I am done. I am done being at the hospital. And how old was she when she had the surgery? So she had uh, within weeks of being born, she had the first one. And then they we opted out for the hardest surgery to right before her first grade, which ended up being last uh, last summer. First grade. So how old is that? She's going into first grade now. Okay, so but how old was she? Wasn't she five? six? Oh, okay. Or yeah, no, she's six. It was she was five. Five. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that. And the I mean that was the first time I said that she was done. Like, and she knew she was done. So at five years old, she set standards for herself. Yeah. And she. It was just like clockwork. It was like a routine. She's like, yep, I'm going to do this. And and it's because she was conditioned from, from a very young age that this was just a process she had to do. So if we as adults had these standards for ourselves that we were just going to do what we said we were going to do, I feel like we would produce 
Absolutely. Like we would just make shit happen. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, like that, there's like this disconnect and people s- stop doing shit that they're supposed to do. And, and, I, and I think also a, a thing that happens is parents try to make this standard to their kids on the things that they struggle themselves with. Well, because parents always want their kids to do better than them. Right. But unfortunately, as a parent, we are just human. And so we do want these things too, but we've never been able to hold ourselves to the same standard, even so, though we want that. And then by default, you, you're, I mean, I keep saying it, right? This, your best thinking has gotten you this far. So you can, you can sh- like show them how to brush your teeth, but if you subconsciously don't do it, there is the resistance because zero to seven, they're subconscious. So everything that you're actually doing, it, it almost feels like a lie to them subconsciously. Mm-hmm. You're over there saying, yes, yes, yes. And then when it comes down to is, eh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to brush my teeth. The next day, the kids can be resistant. They're not going to do it. Yeah. So it becomes like a power struggle. So it's like, you know, the other thing that people always say, like monkey see, monkey do. So the the best way people these little, you know, kids learn is by watching everything. Absolutely. So you're their, like, you're their role model. And as much as you tell them that to do the exact opposite of what you're doing, nine out of 10 times, they're going to end up following in your footsteps. So, you know, it's important for us to have standards for ourselves. Yeah. I And, and, I'll and pr- you can change it. That's what I'm saying is at any given time, like life's never going to stop being hard you are always going to have roadblocks. It's going to be unfair. People are not going to like you and then they'll change their mind. But you have to like push past that. And And those standards are the hard things. It's a lot of people think standards are like, yes, it's got to be this way. It's got to be. And it's like, no, the standard is it's the process. It's not the outcome. It's the process in which you get to the outcome. Right. Because the standard, I can say, well, the standard is going to be like on the 30th day of every month, this was going to happen. But it, what happens is, is the process is what's hard about it. It's not the outcome. Exactly. It's it's the filler. It's it's everything that gets you to to the outcome, to the goal, whatever it is. Yeah. And if you don't believe them, if they are not yours, if they are they are not your visions, if they are not your steps, getting to the goal is one not going to be self satisfying. No. And two, it's a lot of times people don't even get there. Right. They just resort back to what's in their subconscious mind. Because they keep seeing it as as the outcome, right? It's like, oh, I'm never, it's almost, if, if the standard was to look like I did like 15 years ago and that was my vision, well, obviously you're not understanding that my body type, like a lot of things have, have changed since then. And yes, I can do it. But if I do that now, I can't go to school. Right. I can't work how I work. I can't be the father I am. So you're not you're not going to give the 100 percent. So I'm not. So to to, to have that standard, it, it, it's 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 going to be more hurtful for me. And sometimes we do that as humans. It's that we want something so bad that we forget that our seizing of life is not that. So yeah, I think it's. I, I, I think sometimes it's kind of like a selfish thing because we are, you know, in healthcare, 
we're doers. We want to fix people. We want to make them better. And the thing is, is that people have to make themselves better. And we all deserve happiness if that's what we want. But if that's not something that we want, then happiness is not for, for you. But you can't, you can't give all these instructions and rules and have them yours and expect someone else to do them and, right. and have, have a positive outcome. Right. So it has to be, it's kind of a selfish act that you take care of yourself first. Absolutely. And, and I don't think that's wrong at all. I think that people should be selfish in that manner so that um, they can perform and, and right. produce and, and show others. And, and the word selfish be- takes on a different meaning nowadays. Oh, you're selfish. Right. And, all day long. And, and the idea is like you must be selfish in order to give. I 100% on the same page. Because if you don't have, then you can't give. Correct. And I, you must become selfish in order to then produce those things. I, you know, I was having this conversation the other night about, you know, like judgment and people I have like with the nearest and dearest of people always tell me, oh, yeah, we don't call you on Thursday. It's your self-care day and you get your nails done and your lashes and and you go to the gym and you don't answer your phone. Like all the things that I do for myself. And I used to I used to think that it left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And I had to like take a step back and just kind of like have a reality check with myself. And I remember just being like, no, all these things that I do for myself and taking care of myself, like eating right, going to the gym, like look, doing things that make me feel pretty. I get all that done and I feel whole. And then after that, so I'm like, okay, I'm back to being a mom, being a good employee, um, just being present with, with people that I'm hanging out with. And so call me selfish. I, I think everybody should, should be a little selfish so that they can be in a good place. Right. So that they can go out and, and teach others to be successful. So, yeah, um, and just to, just to wrap this up, as we started this conversation about death, I just want to say death is death should be beautiful. It should be a it should be almost a like a picture of something of. Well, people call it now like a celebration of life. Yes, that was the word. So yeah. let's reflect on how amazing these people are and. And let it be like... Let it be their story. Right. It, it, and then learn from that. Like, gosh, I, you know, if I could be anything like my grandpa, oh, you know, like he was amazing. The things that he did for people, I, I wish if I was half the man that he was, then I'll be satisfied. You know, stuff like yeah. that. But so it doesn't have to be a negative grieving process. I mean, it is sad. And we have all these emotions that are tied to it and all these outside... Um, opinions of people are you know that are are saddened and stuff but there there doesn't have to always be sadness and and like furthermore with wrapping this up start you know we talk about showing up but now we you need to put some like action behind that you need to start setting some standards like write down your goals but then also write down like a stare and like the steps that you're going to take to get there and don't don't put it on other people to make these things happen for you. It's really just on you. Right. And it goes step, goal, step, goal, step, goal into you 
hit the dream. Right. That's how I, I see it. Step goal, step goal. And then boom, there's that dream. And keep that vision. The vision is what's going to keep you from getting in trouble. It's going to help you stay within those boundaries. But write it down. and Absolutely. And, and show it to someone like your therapist or your friend. Say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do this year. I, I do that. I was reflecting on some some things I wanted to do this year. And I was, I was just sharing about how I went and reflected on all these little post-it notes of things I wanted to do this year. And here we are at the end of August, uh, beginning of September, going into the holidays. And I'm so proud of myself that everything on my list, I have, I've done it. And I was almost like, wow. I re- like you write it down and, 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 and the good old Amy goes and, and <laughs> let's add 10 more things. Let's squeeze some more well, things in there. The thing is, is I really wanted to be able to have um, a big holiday season. And since I've done everything I said I was going to do, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to do more. And I'm, I'm excited for holidays. I hope everybody else is is as well. Um, but yeah. So as you go this week, uh, try doing that exercise and, and see what number you come up with. When you're struggling, think about this exercise. And the next thing you need to do, and Oprah does this, a lot of successful people do this, is when you wake up, think of five things you're grateful for. And that creates the energy on how your day is going to go. So remember that. Five things as you wake up of what you're grateful for. Do not allow yourself to grab the phone. Don't grab the the TV remote. Don't start reading. Be grateful. Write him down. And that sets the tone. It really does. Well, I really enjoyed spending this time with you. Um, If you guys want to come into the studio, give us a shout out on our um, Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Not everyone gets a trophy. Our website is back up at noteveryonegetsatrophy.com. We really want some feedback. We really need some new stories. If anyone's brave enough to come sit with us in the studio, please like call us. Um, we want to be helpful. We want to get more of our community involved. So that's uh, that's one of our goals this year is to... to um, Get more people in here and learn about people and find other ways and different avenues to um, get out, get all this information out to people. Yeah. And don't forget to leave some comments. Um, I think that's how we start getting um, recognized. And it's always about the comments. Um, Give us feedback there. And uh, we are so grateful to be here and have this opportunity Thank you for listening to us. I know it's it's not always the best thing to hear, but I appreciate all the time. And we're all about the good energy. So until next time. Have a good week. Adios. Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, hosted by Amy and Mo. This episode has been brought to you by SB Studios, Boise's number one podcast producer.